welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the heart or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. speak to you today about breaking the seal of being quiet. I'm talking directly to the white folks in this episode. I don't feel entirely comfortable teaching on this and that's okay. In fact, I think that is one of the core problems that white people like me have rested in what feels comfortable for them on a regular basis instead of more frequently speaking up against systemic racism and white supremacy. That quiet time has ended for me. I've always considered myself an ally for people of color. I've read about it, considered it deeply and personally, and I've had multiple groundbreaking conversations within my family and with my friends that have resulted in more awareness and advocacy. I've even used that personal study to move those conversations into action. I've always considered myself somebody who stands for social justice, but I've always been pretty safe and manicured about what I've said in my public sphere because I'm extremely private and because I didn't want to say anything wrong because I wasn't sure I was qualified to speak publicly about it. I always admired my colleagues and friends that did speak up, but I I definitely exempted myself. I thought about and have even said things like, people know I'm not a racist. I'm inclusive and loving and supportive, and I teach about wholeheartedness. People know how I feel already. Other people can lead this conversation. I'm I'm better at different things, like talking about yoga and meditation and stories of hope and wellness. And I don't know what what kind of unique insights I would be able to add about racial justice. I don't know what I would have to add that has not already been said. To be able to opt out of the conversation, that is white privilege. Black people can't take a break from this. This is a pandemic that has been raging for centuries. And they are not just afraid now. They've been traumatized and afraid for a very long time. You feel tired and exhausted from all the sadness and tragedy in the news recently? Me too. Imagine how black people feel. Imagine how they live. They can never opt out. This has been pressing on the neck of the collective black consciousness for so long. Black people don't even know what it feels like to breathe without that. They never had the choice. If you haven't listened to Jada Dixon on my podcast last week, I would ask that you listen. She gives a powerful testimony that's incredibly personal on being in a black body and feeling from that place right now. 
I think we need to listen and amplify and elevate and honor black voices right now and always. I think we need to try our very best to see it through their stories and their eyes and to really empathize. Then, while we continue to raise black voices up, I think we need to get real and get right about how we can speak up and show up. The real issue is that white people created this systemic racist society. So we have the responsibility to dismantle it. Addressing racial injustice is not only about listening and lifting up black people. This is our mess. And like I preach to my son, when you, or in this case, your people, make the mess, you have to be the one to clean it up. Even when it's overwhelming, even when you didn't mean to, and even when you didn't even know it was you, especially because you didn't know it was you and what you were born into and benefit from. So today I am coming at you from the bottom of my closet with my microphone I'm willing to say it wrong. I'm willing to teach it wrong. It's too important not to. My white fragility is never going to be more important than speaking up for this. Black people are dying regularly for being black. We can get uncomfortable. Yes, that is what it's going to take. We can get uncomfortable so that black people will not keep dying for being black, being harassed for being black, and being denied opportunities for success for being black. Those of you who have been quiet, I'm talking to you. Those of you who aren't sure where to start, I am talking to you. Those of you who are nervous about saying something wrong even though your heart is in the right place, I am talking to you because I am you. And I want always in this podcast to keep telling you what I'm learning in my own body. A few days ago, people were posting a black square on Instagram. And it was meant to show solidarity with the Black Lives Movement and to help amplify black voices, resources, and information to help the movement. And I posted mine. I wanted to show support. And I hashtagged Black Lives Matter. Within seconds, somebody commented, please don't tag Black Lives Matter because it clogs the channels of information when people are searching for resources. Shit. I did it wrong. How could I have done such a simple thing wrong? I immediately felt shame. Hot shame. Why didn't I know this? And worse, why didn't she see I was just trying to do something that would help? It didn't help. I didn't help. And my white fragility reared her ugly head. I talked to Matt. I paced around. I thought this is why I don't get involved publicly because I'm bound to mess it up somehow. And I wanted to go back to my quiet corner like I always do, where things are safe, quiet, and comfortable. This is really important. I was going to take her comment down because I wanted people to think I had done it right. 
I care about that, you know, getting it right. But after some deep breaths and washing my face with cold water, I decided to toughen up. I want to learn. I commented back, thank you. I took down the hashtag, but I left her comment up. I was embarrassed, but erasing the evidence meant that it could not be a teaching moment for anybody else. I would like us to care more about our own education and impact and allyship and what's right and just than caring about the perception of us saying it right. Our performance of activism means nothing except empty squares unless we're willing to move the bigger conversation forward with authenticity. Unless we're willing to be thicker in our skin in order to really make the personal progress internally to move the needle of justice externally. And I'm not at all saying that we don't post. I want us to post things we've read, digested, felt, and understood. And I want us to not act one way in public and another way in private. And I want us to not expect pats on the back when we dig in and speak out. Keep going. Keep making up your bed and getting up in the morning to look around and see what you could do. This is not going away anytime soon. When we hit a blind spot and we get called out and we feel shame, that means something. We are being called to look at something deep. So let's look at it. Can we take it into our bodies and do a check? Is the shame there to point out something in us? And instead of dwelling on that shame, can we recognize and see the teaching with less of our own drama and need for affirmation? Can we focus on the bigger need for change and the need for black people to heal, things to be different, and the system of white supremacy to be dismantled? Instead of our need to be saying something like, but I'm doing the best I can. Are you? Am I? No. The answer is no. We can do better. I've seen some posts from folks saying things about longing for self-care and moderation of activism during this time period. I hear you. And yes, absolutely, meditation, deep breaths, yoga, drinking water, grounding foods, all that helps. So yes, hydrate and get some sleep. Meditate and move your body. Do all the practices that support your body, your brain, and your heart. Take breaks from social media and take care of yourself. Yes, yes, always. I want us to do this. But we must, must recognize that these practices are part of being privileged. Notice your next deep breath. Feel it in your body. George Floyd didn't get a glass of water and he didn't get to breathe again because he was black because he was born with black skin. 
someone kneeled on his neck for nine minutes. He called for his mama. I keep thinking about his mama. I am so grateful that she's not alive to have known that he called for her. As a mama, I've thought about that so many times over the last couple weeks. I've tried to feel that story in my body and what that would have been like for his mother. What it must be like for all black mothers that heard him call for his mama. The mothers who live in the regular fear that someone will kill their children. I want to share an excerpt of a powerful article that moved me this week. It's written by a black mama named Christy Oglesby, and it's called I Need White Mamas to Come Running. And in this, in this section, she's talking about her son, Drew. But I'm tired. I'm tired of being scared for him. I'm tired of reading about Ahmad, Travis, George, and so many others. The list never stops. I need the white mamas to share this burden. I need my white friends to love me and mine enough to come running to. Mama. Mama. I need them to hear that cry and to tell their sons and daughters that my child is a human. I need them to declare and believe that he's in danger, that I can't protect him by myself, and that his life matters to me and to them. I need them to tell their white friends' children too. My child's life is sacred. My child is not dangerous. What I want us to recognize is that we are in danger of something here. News cycles are fast and we quickly get spun around to the next thing. This issue of Black Lives Mattering and justice for people of color should never be cycled out. It should be something we continue to reflect on, fight for, and feel in our bodies and never ever discard. The way black people are treated in this country has been atrocious for centuries. We move in and out of that awareness and how much we're committed to helping and speaking out. And this time has to be different. It feels different. We have to keep going, keep speaking, keep reading, keep listening, keep fumbling around and making mistakes with it. We cannot let this slip into complacency as we have so many times before. I read an article today by Farnoosh family called Stop Doing Warrior Pose If You're Not Going to Fight. And she says, now is not the time to spread fake positivity about being the light the world needs. No more perfect yoga selfies in the right light dedicated to ending suffering of all beings. No more spiritual bypassing or burning sage to clear the negativity. The negativity that you see, the police brutality, is a reality for some who can never burn enough sage to get rid of it. It's essentially, this article, a spanking for yogis, which we all need. Right now we need to stand up for what is right. That now is the time and the call to action. 
that is what yoga is. We have to remember it's a call to battle. We have to battle the obvious exterior ones. And we also have to go to battle against the interior ones that confuse us with fear and paralysis. When I teach yoga teachers how to teach, I ask them to try before they really know what they're doing, before it's in their comfort zone. I tell them that they will learn and make mistakes and get better and, and more clear as they go. And I know this. But I also know that this translates in the conversation of racism too. We will get better, clearer, more educated, and less fragile as we go. I want to see it demonstrated that Black Lives Matter in our system and in our collective spaces. And the only way to see that happen is for white people to see the rot of complacency that they play a part in and how silence is one of the main problems and that being a good person and saying hopeful things and posting something someone else has thought of is not enough. It's never been enough. And I know it feels scary. But how can you evolve the conversation instead of just reposting? How can you cut into new earth and new ideas? And I'm speaking to you as somebody that's been a part of the problem. Time's up for you and for me. And you might say, Buffy, I don't have a platform or a wide reach like you do. But I bet you have a kitchen table. And I bet you have at least one friend or family member that still insists on saying all lives matter and systemic racism does not exist. Have them over for supper. Talk to them about why they are wrong and talk to them from your heart. There are a lot of roles here. Start doing something. If you have tiny children or at-risk family members like me, you might not can go to the protest and be useful there during this pandemic. Decide where you can bring the most medicine in. It's not going to be the same as everyone else. Don't worry about doing the most popular or trendy thing to represent your support on social media. Instead, do what is true and real and impactful. Start on the ground in your circle of friends. Don't have many black friends? Change that. Put yourself in places where you can expand your conversations. And as Jada said in the last episode, where your incoming and outgoing calls are not all people that look like you. Start talking to your friends, family, neighbors, and students. Be open about your allyship, even when it's hard. Especially in all white spaces, when it's hard. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. That's how we learn. And when you do make a mistake, because you will, don't spend your time on your woundedness. Spend your time on fixing your mistake and then getting back to work. Make your bed put on your lipstick, and be an anti-racist. Make your work about collective betterment and not about your woundedness, seen or unseen. And your black friends, check on them. 
They are scared, fed up, hurt, traumatized, and exhausted, and they likely have been their whole life. Check on them. If you check on them and it doesn't feel good to them, or you waited too long, or you reached out and they couldn't receive it, accept that too. It is too much to ask that they take care of you right now. Do your best, lead with your heart and trust your intuition. And then when you get it wrong, be resilient, thicken your skin. Part of this is doing that because white supremacy has made our skin really soft and fragile and thin. And we don't want people to see us in any light that is not wholesome and good. But what white people have built around race relations is far from wholesome and good. And we are nestled into that structure. And it's like asking a fish if she can feel what it's like to be wet. Don't rely on black people to educate you about what steps to take to become a better ally. The information and resources are out there. People have compiled the research go read it. But like Jada said last week, you can ask her a question. Don't be afraid to ask. If she's in the right space, she may answer. But don't get offended if she isn't. If she's too tired or over it all to coach you through something, then don't be fragile about that. Stay in the conversation of what is right, the macro conversation, and spend as little time as possible in your own white woundedness around this. Black people remain in trauma because of this issue on a regular basis. As white people, we get to choose when we're going to think about this. In my home, many late night conversations are happening. Matt and I are talking about stamina. We want to keep pressing down on this and making it something we are devoted to regularly for the long run well after this news cycle has died down. Where we can expand our world, expose and educate our children, and hold ourselves and others accountable. What we are going to read, listen to, support, and amplify matters. The children are listening. We want it to reflect thought, consciousness, evolution towards a more just world. And it starts with how we curate our home feed. And it's going to look different for everybody. And we're all going to be starting from different places, and that's okay. Don't get overwhelmed and turn away. I want you to feel this. Take it into your body. Listen to the black stories around you. Seek out black sources that help you feel some of this collective pain in your body. And move to a new place of awareness than you ever have. And don't be afraid of that. And yes, pace yourself. This is a marathon and not a sprint. If we don't see this as a lifetime march for justice, then we've missed the teaching. If we stay quiet, then we have missed the teaching. I am humbled and I am here. I am ready to be in it and fumbling around with you, trying my best. Will you join me? I want a better and more just world, don't you? We simply cannot wait for someone else to do it. 
we have to tend to it too because it is ours to dismantle and ours to help rebuild. Believe that your voice, your role, and your part can help. We have to believe that in order to keep going. Jada said in the last podcast, there's no roadmap for this and it will get uncomfortable. It's okay. Thicken your skin. Enter where you can. Enter where you feel it the most. Enter in your own way through your platform. Enter in a way that will allow you to sustain your efforts. There's something here for you to join. Each of us has a place in this revolution. Your particular body is needed. Your particular body is welcome. You belong in this conversation. We need you. You can help. Thank you so much for listening. Some of you have reached out to me and asked how you can support this podcast and this work. And last week I had planned to launch a Patreon page, but decided that it it just didn't feel like the time. And I'm not sure if there is going to be an ideal time, but becoming a supporter on Patreon directly supports the production of this podcast. And I was initially... Uh, planning on only doing 10 episodes and one season only. But the response from people and listeners has been so incredible and so great that it's my hope that we can continue for a second season. And your support on Patreon will make this possible. Moving forward, all of the embodiment practices, the part twos that you've listened to, those will become perks for the patrons and to become a patron of this podcast it's five dollars a month um, and then you'll get those those extra um, meditations and embodiment practices to carry forward um, from the storytelling so thank you so much um, for your listening and your support and be well and have a beautiful day